Hi, a willing nerd here, lacking in sleep to bring you 20-minute summaries of the top news from over 30 weekly pieces and to show you why they matter. I'm Marcelo Licastro and here's your homework. Hey everyone, today I'll be covering news from November 1st to November 6th. This week's topics are Ada Storm in Central America, the election of Joe Biden as US President, and the interesting news story of the week. An informative note, I get my news from various sources, including Reuters, CNN, BBC, The Guardian, Bloomberg, and many more. I will cite the majority of the sources that I use, but if you want to see my complete list of sources, or just want some interesting news pieces, feel free to email here's your hw at gmail.com and your questions will be answered. Here's Your Homework is distributed by Anchor and is now available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Enjoy! On to this week's first topic, the Ada Storm in Central America. This week, Storm Ada crashed into Central America, impacting parts of Panama, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Honduras, El Salvador, and Guatemala. In Guatemala alone, at least 50 have died due to landslides caused by Storm Ada. Not only this, but the flooding and the rains caused by this storm have led to nearly 100 homes being damaged in Guatemala alone. Storm Ada struck Nicaragua as a Category 4 hurricane on Tuesday before weakening as it arrived into neighboring Honduras. All this according to The Guardian. In Honduras alone, over 360,000 people were impacted by the storm, noting that over 3,500 people are currently housed on 41 temporary shelters because their homes were impacted by the storm. Nine bridges collapsed in Honduras, 51 roads have been damaged, and 41 communities have been isolated. Central America is truly going through challenging times with this storm, and hence the UN and international agencies are preparing relief for these countries. Nevertheless, many people have been affected by this storm, and amidst a pandemic, we can only assume that cases in these countries will rise exponentially. During this week, we'll see how this develops, but as of right now, Central America truly needs help. On to this week's second topic, the election of Joe Biden as US President. On November 7th, 2020, Joe Biden was declared the winner of the US 2020 presidential elections. He will become the 46th American president and will be sworn into office on January 20th. Biden won with the 20 electoral college votes from Pennsylvania and currently, according to the Associated Press, he has 290 votes in the electoral college, knowing that he only needed 270 votes to win. Biden's win has been attributed to the African-American vote and to women's vote. Several spokespersons have been connecting this win to the 1965 Voting Rights Act, which truly worked to secure the African-American vote in the United States and perhaps has made a Biden win 
possible. Trump is the first president to lose on a re-election campaign since 1992, when Bill Clinton was defeated by George W. Bush. The election results was announced around 48 hours after the polls closed, taking a long time to count ballots due to the mail-in voting during this pandemic. Indeed, several media outlets were making fun of Pennsylvania, Nevada, Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, due to how slow they were counting the votes. But sadly, this truly was a result of the mail-in voting, which took place in order to protect voters from the virus. Noting that in the United States, COVID has infected millions and has killed over 230,000 people. Biden received over 75 million votes. That is the most votes for a presidential candidate in the history of the United States. A large part of this is actually due to the largest voter turnout in history during these elections. Despite the United States being in the middle of a pandemic, voters showed up for this election like never before, including 102 million postal ballots alone. Joe Biden, as of right now, has 50.6% of the popular vote, compared to Trump's 47.7%. This year will thankfully not be a repeat of Trump's win with the minority of the popular vote. Clearly, as Joe Biden has repeatedly stated, this year democracy has thrived in the United States with his election. Granted, Biden's election is not all celebration. There is a possibility that the president-elect will have to deal with a Republican Senate, which will place several barriers to Biden's plans on the American economy, climate, and immigration. The Biden campaign was continuously criticized due to the restraint they had been showing in order to protect voters from the coronavirus. Unlike Trump, who in the last days of campaigning was holding large rallies with no social distancing, non-mandatory masks, and truly little care for the spread of COVID, Biden, on the last days of his election, actually continued the rhetoric that he had been holding this entire pandemic hosting only drive-in rallies and socially distanced events, which arguably endangered his election prospects, knowing that it is person-to-person -person campaigning that often does the trick for a president to win the election. Biden truly has contrasted the rhetoric that we have seen from the US President Trump for the past four years. Unlike Trump's divisive rhetoric, Biden has stated that he desires to unite the American people regardless of their political standings and to improve the United States as a country. Kamala Harris, Biden's vice president, is also making history as the first female woman of color, African-American woman, Asian-American woman to hold the office of vice president of the United States. Considering Trump's continuous attacks on African-Americans and misogynistic comments against women, I believe that this is truly the best turnout we could have had. Both Biden and Kamala made amazingly inspirational speeches on the night of November 7th, and these are a few excerpts. And all those who supported us, I'm proud of the campaign we built and ran. I'm proud of the coalition we put together, the broadest and most diverse coalition in history. Democrats, Republicans, Independents, Progressives, Moderates, Conservatives, 
Young, old, urban, suburban, rural, gay, straight, transgender, white, Latino, Asian, Native American. And especially for those moments when this campaign was at its lowest ebb, the African-American community stood up again for me. You've always had my back, and I'll have yours. And so I am thinking about her and about the generations of women, black women, Asian, white, Latina, Native American women, who throughout our nation's history have paved the way for this moment tonight. But while I may be the first woman in this office, I will not be the last. Honestly, I cannot believe how stressful these past few days have been. I am not American, so my perspective is little compared to the stress that probably the entire US population was feeling as they awaited for the results from this election. Initially, we know that the states actually showed that perhaps Trump would win the election. Trump had a clear lead in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, but we saw that as the postal ballots were counted, Biden started gaining in this election. Despite this certain turnaround, truly making for a historical moment in US and I believe world history, it has also founded much of Trump's resistance to the results of this election. On November 4th, President Trump actually falsely claimed that he won the American election, stating, as noted, we want all voting to stop. Indeed, Trump supporters screamed in rallies, stop the count. These exclamations were countered in pro-Biden rallies in which Democrats stated, count the votes. Regardless of partisan affiliations, we need to understand that these exclamations should not be partisan. The, the idea that Trump supporters want to stop an election is undemocratic. And so regardless of your partisan affiliations, regardless of whether you're conservative or liberal leftist or rightists, if you are for a democracy, there's no way to agree with Trump's claims to stop the count of votes. Trump has repeatedly refused to concede power and has threatened legal challenges regarding the vote counting process. Trump claims that the election was stolen from him by illegal votes. He perhaps believes that he won this election, but that illegal votes have made it so that Biden has become the US president. All of this according to The Guardian. Personally, I don't understand how Trump explains the 4 million votes that have secured a clear Biden win in this election. I don't understand how Trump deems these votes to be illegal. But now all there's left to do is hope that US institutions, US democracy, and that the US judicial system is strong enough to counter the ramblings of a reality TV show host. Though, yes, it is a time for celebration, and I believe I am making my political affiliations very clear, it is also important to consider the implications of a Biden win. For the past four years, the United States has been under a conservative Republican administration, and Biden's victory, despite a potential Republican Senate, may still truly change the core of the United States of America. First, Biden's economic plans, despite consistent opposition from the conservative side, truly appear to be intended to fuel American economic growth. According to the Biden-Harris 
website, Biden intends on implementing the emergency action plan to save the economy on the first few days of his presidency. Biden's stated priorities include increasing unemployment benefits, aiding small businesses by giving $377 billion for small businesses, guaranteeing immediate loans for them in order for them to make payroll, pay rent, among other necessary spending. The website explicitly states that this value is not a maximum and that a Biden administration will be willing to spend, and I quote, whatever it takes in order to aid small businesses. Moreover, the emergency action plan to save the economy calls for cost-free treatment for COVID-19 and full paid sick leave for workers. Biden administration plans on forgiving a minimum of 10 thousand dollars per person of federal student loans alongside increasing monthly social security checks by two hundred dollars and providing additional checks for the families that need it during this pandemic moreover an innovative piece of legislation that biden would actually be making use of would be the defense production act the dpa which in wartime actually made U.S. businesses work for the nation, work towards the common goal of world peace and military might. By using the DPA during this pandemic, the Biden administration would make U.S. businesses contribute to personal protective equipment, medical supplies, ventilators, producing whatever the United States needs to get through this pandemic. The argument that has been used against Biden repeatedly is this idea that because his views are more leftist than Trump's, that he is somehow against economic growth. Trump's rhetoric is, of course, a free market view. Trump and Republicans believe in minimal government control and minimal government intervention in the American economy. This is shown by Trump's $1.5 trillion tax cuts to ensure corporate interests and benefit the rich corporations in the United States. Trump's free market view is actually founded by the economic theory of the trickle-down effect. This theory argues that by increasing the money held by rich individuals and corporations, by increasing their profits, the spending of these rich individuals, the spending of these corporations, will eventually lead to increased incomes for all. We know that one person's spending is another's income, and this theory notes that if the richest in the country just get richer, eventually they will spend enough on the national economy to raise everyone's collective income. However, this theory has been found to be repeatedly flawed by economic studies because this theory assumes and expects that corporations and high-income earners spend their money consistently and in the domestic economy, in domestic markets, and in US-made products. However, as we have been made aware, high-income earners and corporations often have foreign accounts, outsourced labor, don't spend all the money they make, and corporations don't necessarily increase their workers' incomes if they gain in profits. Though Trump's view is founded upon an economic theory, the trickle-down effect does not reflect what truly occurs in a globalized economy. It does not reflect the actions of high-income earners and corporations who are not and will not invest the majority of their funds in the American economy. So there are two flaws in Trump's rhetoric. 
First, the trickle-down effect has been disproven. And secondly, Trump has consistently argued that Biden's plan will not lead to economic growth. I'm here to counter that. The argument made against Biden consistently is that by increasing taxes, by increasing government intervention in the economy, he will somehow decrease American economic growth. Somehow Biden will not be using the potential that the United States has for growth. However, Biden's protection of small businesses, continuation of direct payments to those in need, forgiving student loans, and ensuring people have access to paid sick leave will all ensure that the United States will recover from the recession due to the pandemic and will prosper economically. Biden's actions also are founded by economic theory, but unlike Trump's foundations, they don't rely upon the moral convictions and actions of CEOs and corporations. Biden's plan will ensure that consumers and firms have more money, which they will mostly spend in the national economy. Knowing that, again, one person's spending is another person's income, this will lead to more economic growth and arguably more economic growth than Trump's plan ever would. Economic growth is often measured by the GDP, the gross domestic product. And we need to understand that the GDP is made up of the aggregate demand of a nation's economy. Meaning, economic growth is essentially the product of the total demand for goods and services in a country. If you increase the amount of money that low-income earners and middle-income earners have, you will increase consumers' demand for overall products in the domestic economy. You will increase their spending. Hence, you will increase national income. You will increase GDP and you will lead to economic growth. Biden's plan is simply another alternative to Trump's plan. He will also lead to economic growth, but instead of relying upon the decisions of corporations and CEOs, he will ensure that there is no need for the money to trickle down from the rich to the poor. And instead, will ensure that the poor and the middle-income earners already have the money that they need to reinvest into the economy. Granted, Biden's plan has two controversial aspects. First, he'll increase unemployment benefits. And second, he'll increase corporate tax from 21% to 28%, alongside increasing taxes on those that earn over $400,000 a year. First, regarding unemployment benefits. Though the Trump administration has given direct payments during this pandemic, the theory that Republicans found their views upon, neoclassical economic theory, is actually against direct payments and is against unemployment benefits. Rightist theory asserts that if the government is giving unemployment benefits to those that are unemployed, they don't have a reason to return to the labor force, and hence, they are not contributing to the overall productivity of the national economy. However, just like the trickle-down effect, this theory against unemployment benefits, this theory against Biden's rhetoric, has been disproven. As noted by the Center for American Progress, research by the San Francisco Federal Reserve Bank actually shows that unemployment benefits increase the demand in the economy and actually spur job creation. The Center for American Progress notes that unemployment benefits for long-term unemployed has actually saved and created 1.7 million full-time equivalent jobs since 2007, this article being written in 2010.
10 and has raised the GDP by 244.8 billion. Clearly, the first somewhat controversial aspect of Biden's plan, giving unemployment benefits, will ensure economic growth in the United States, will not discourage workers from joining the labor force and instead will contribute to the grassroots economic growth that the Democrats stand for. And second, we have the controversial aspect of Democrats wanting to raise taxes. Indeed, raising taxes will hinder the productivity and the production of large corporations and of course will decrease the income of the nation's richest. However, the money that the government will receive in tax will be used and redirected into Biden's Buy American plan. The Biden administration plans on spending $700 billion on U.S. produced goods, services, and research and development. Not only will increased government spending proposed by the Biden administration lead to economic growth, but this plan will contribute to long-term economic growth and productivity in the United States. These investments will increase the United States' potential for innovation, will further domestic consumption, and by investing in research, will continue with the American identity, the American core of innovation that has that's permeated their entire national history. Just because Biden is more leftist than Trump does not mean he will hinder American economic growth. He will not take the free market approach, but he will take an approach that will get the US there where it needs to be, perhaps even quicker than Trump for not relying on the trickle-down effect. And of course, I must note, Biden has called for, according to Reuters, swift action to address climate change. As noted by The Guardian, Biden's plans for the climate crisis include reaching net zero emissions by 2050, having a clean energy economy by 2035, changing and altering U.S. infrastructure to ensure that it can withstand the impacts of climate change, like wildfires, like increased natural disasters, like flooding. Biden has also promised to rejoin the Paris Agreement on Climate Change and to cooperate with other nations to fight this global threat. Moreover, Biden plans on tackling polluters whose actions not only affect the environment, but affect the health of the communities near the polluted sites. And lastly, Biden's plan calls for a $1.7 trillion federal investment over the next 10 years in order to combat climate change. The fact that with this election, the United States has proven the strength of its democracy, has proven that it values diversity, has proven that conservative rightist rhetoric does not have to prevail and has proven that they desire a president that will unite their people, that is amazingly powerful. And I hope that a Biden administration with Kamala Harris as its vice president will truly lead the US in the right direction because Hopefully, it will then lead the world into the right direction as well. On to the interesting news story of the week. On December 2019, after Greta Thunberg was named Time Magazine's Person of the Year, Trump tweeted in regards to Greta, stating that she needed to work on her anger management problem. And I quote, Go to an old-fashioned movie with a friend. Trump actually implored, open quote, Chill, Greta, chill, close quote. All of this according to The Guardian. Yet on Thursday afternoon, Greta Thunberg truly took her revenge. Perhaps the plate truly is better when served 
cold because she tweeted to Trump, open quote, so ridiculous, Donald must work on his anger management problem. Then go to a good old-fashioned movie with a friend. Chill, Donald, chill, close quote. The fact that this election has brought to light the inspirational voices of female leaders like Kamala Harris and like Greta Thunberg against a seemingly white supremacist, misogynist reality TV show host has made perhaps the weight of the past few days truly worth it. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of Here's Your Homework. If you have any comments, questions, doubts, want to review my sources, or just want to start up some debate, feel free to contact me at heresyourhw at gmail.com and your questions will be answered. Join me next week for another episode of Here's Your Homework, weekly news from a willing nerd.